Rising Out of the Deep, with a title so long, this might take a while. It's Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. You know, it looks like a long title, but when you read it out loud, it's even longer. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. This is so true. Uh, Welcome back to the bargain basement of Podcast Alex. (laughs) This This is Monsters vs. Men, where we are still trying to stay alive. How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing good. You know, I'm just really glad... To be joined by my co-host Eric, or as I like to call him, Shiro Sano. Uh, you know the guy who played Haruki Kadokura, who had the long yeah. hair. Uh-huh. For oh, those yeah. that for those that didn't don't know, Eric used to have hair when I first met him that went like past his shoulders or right at his shoulders. <laughs> I think it went past your shoulders actually. There were some true. beautiful locks back then, Eric. So true, and. For our new listeners that are just starting out on the podcast, my looks back in college don't matter too much, but... I figured any of your students listening would love to hear about that. This this is true. Alex, he is our Godzilla fanboy. He's been a Godzilla fan for a long time, and I am kind of a film snob who's been introduced to the series, but is pleasantly falling in love with some of these films. Uh, we we could say that you're all aboard, Eric. You started you buying, and collect- yeah. You started buying and collecting the movies now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have I watched more of the Ultraman and Ultra Q series than you have? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have. Does this mean? Yeah, okay, yes, it does. Yeah, I'm all on board, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a problem now. <laughs> now, listen, Alex, right off the top, I love this movie, but I think you might be surprised by my rating uh, at the end of this episode. I'm wondering, though, if our conversation will sway my decision one way or the other, but hmm. I think we have a lot to say, so you ready to get into it? I'm ready. All right, here we go. After his critical and box office success with his 1990s Gamera trilogy, Shizuke Kaneko takes the reins of Godzilla and Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidorah Giant Monsters All Out Attack, or as we will refer to it from here on out, GMK. Kaneko brings not only a more mystical approach to the Godzilla franchise, but also a more otorist vision to what Godzilla could be. From flipping the narrative to adding new layers of meaning, Kaneko certainly subverts audience expectations to mostly high praise from fans, though it's not without its detractors. But to ask you specifically, Alex, when giant monsters all out attack, do you think Kaneko keeps this film on track? Or does the silly and the mystical become shrilly and egotistical? (laughs) I mean, when you play with tones like this film does, it could easily go either way, right? But I think this film finds a track, and it stays on it throughout, like, for sure. Yeah, it takes a minute to get used to the film, because it's odd, right? Like, we're not... (laughs) It's got a weird tone. Mm. And 
it's not that the film changes and we just begin to like it. It stays the same and we acclimate to it, you know? That's the, very true. It, it is consistent throughout the entire thing. And, you know, like the music is something, though, that I do see, like you mentioned dis- detractors. I feel like that might be something a lot of detractors uh, would like to harp on, especially, like, I love the late 80s, 90s soundtrack this thing has because this this soundtrack was dated even when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I think it took maybe a little bit to get used to, but honestly, it feels really good to listen to, except for maybe the Big G's theme, which I think is really lackluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it could have used just a little spice of Akira Ifukube somewhere other than the credits. But honestly, this, like the rest of the Millennium Era so far, is like really refreshing and like this unique yet familiar take on Godzilla. And it's exactly what I want from Godzilla films when they're not following any sort of continuity. You know, fresh ideas, risks, new designs. I mean, there's a lot to like about this film. But before I gush more and maybe gripe a little bit, I want to know what you think. Well, about your thoughts there specifically, I'm with you on the music, even though I think I've... And I I agree with you. Like, if I could tell you, I could tell you the Godzilla theme in particular is is the theme that I I wasn't a fan of, but it's the one that stuck in my head all day today. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of growing on me. Um, And I think the keeping the traditional Ifakube theme till the end credits, that's a a deliberate choice, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Whether you like it or not. And that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But overall, I love the reinvigoration of the franchise, Alex. Now, you're not going to like me for saying this and, and for bringing up this comparison, mm. but I couldn't help but think of Kaneko's subversion of expectation in a similar light as Ryan Johnson's The Last, Last Jedi. Uh. Now, now, I think Kaneko's subversion here, it works better because of the open-ended nature of the franchise. But still, my analogy stands we even get a force ghost, Alex, <laughs> when Yuri shows up in the submarine oh, vehicle yeah. thing. <laughs> oh, God. <Now, laughs> I know in production, these monsters, they weren't like the original ones considered. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaneko had different monsters that he was going to bring in, but Toho knew that they would attract audiences with Ghidorah and Mothra. And I know some fans don't like the fact that Ghidorah is now a good guy, but I actually, I actually like it. Yeah. Um, to me, it reinvigorates the character um, because as I've said before, kind of like the Daleks and Doctor Who, he can feel still after a while. But here he's redesigned to look like a Ryu dragon and he plays on that Japanese legend. In my opinion, also, Ghidorah has never really truly been this evil character anyway, but pretty much manipulated for evil. But did you yeah. buy Ghidorah as a good guy, Alex? Yeah, I do think I disagree a little bit about Ghidorah, but I don't think you're actually wrong either. He usually is manipulated into being bad, but I believe in like Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, he actually is bad. I can't remember if he was being controlled at that point or not. But I really like that Ghidorah is a full-blown good guy in this one, right? Like he, there, There's no turn to evil. There's no... like. Yeah, the three Guardians are all, that's Baragon, Mothra, and Ghidorah. They're all, they're benevolent. They're they're there to protect the land, not necessarily the people, which is kind of like this mm. nice little thing I like. Uh, they have no problem killing people, right? 
<laughs> they have no problem. And most of them are introduced doing just that. <laughs> yes, yes. Which I really like. So he's he's not wholly heroic, but he is heroic in terms of the planet's safety or Japan as a land's mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. And while I like the idea and the execution from within the story, design-wise, I think Ghidorah is flat. Even mm. compared to like sh- like the Showa era design, I think that this design feels really wonky. Like the necks are really short and stubby. The face, while like you said, clearly designed to look more like the the Ryu Dragon, it just doesn't look good. And the film does some interesting things with Mothra as well. And I think that design actually works a lot better. And they give him some. They give Mothra some interesting new abilities. And while the CG was dated for Mothra. Actually, the animation of that CG was really well done. I was pretty impressed by it. And mm. just like that, like, just like the, this film in general, just every turn plays on our expectations of how a battle would typically go in these films. Especially like the fighting conventions that we've come to expect, you know, sneak attacks, all these type of things. You think someone's down, they're not. But Godzilla constantly catches his enemies off guard when they think they've got the upper hand on them and it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah no more ryan johnson you're right oh my gosh (laughs) but uh yeah no i think i think you're right alex but i will say when neely was watching a a moment of this film she commented on how good she thought Ghidorah looked she was like how did how did they create that like shiny effect for him so I I agree with you overall. I also, I think it was G man's write up of this film, but he, he mentioned how the designer was originally excited about creating Rodan because Rodan was one of the monsters that Kaneko wanted in the film. Right. Um, So he kind of incorporated Rodan's features into Ghidorah's face. Yeah. uh, That's the weakest part of the design for me is the face. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, I, you know, to go back to one of your original points, it did take me a little while to get on this movie's wavelength. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is this film started out feeling like a sci-fi original movie, <laughs> which apparently, You're not wrong. you know, there is some, a sci-fi channel cut of this film. Um, but I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know if it's the music. Is it the frame rate, Alex, or what mm-hmm. it is, but it definitely has that feel. Maybe the dialogue a little it's, bit. It's but, the music. It's really, honestly, you could set up a lot of this movie's, your feelings about it. I feel like based on the music, because that music is out of place, but because they're so consistent with it throughout it, it kind of <laughs> works. Like it, I, I can't describe the music because it, it shouldn't be in a movie that's made in two thousands. Let's just say that, like, yeah. but it actually works in the film. Yeah, no, I actually think it does work. Uh, I watched this twice, Alex. The first time I in did English, too. and then in in Japanese, uh, because Theo was watching it with me the first time, and it really the, the soundtrack really grew on me the second time. Um, but going back to the sci fi original movie element, I think the movie's completely self aware of that, and it subverts it. Um, by adding some depth and nuance. You get the whole part at the beginning with Yuri talking to her boss, um, which I'll bring that back up in here in a little bit, but you know, where they talk about creating cheap sci-fi pictures and she wants to create more, um, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what happens here in this film. But it's also the acting. The acting is just so overdone and over the top 
it can't not be on purpose. There's yeah. just so many screams and over the top reactions. <laughs> there has to be some comment here on on humanity's many faults and humanity's overreactions to some of these things that are taking place. Not to not even to mention the the dark sense of humor. I love the dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, you have that Baragon fight. I love the Baragon fight. Yeah. It's it might be my favorite fight of the movie. Um, but you get the helicopter scene with the news commentators commenting on the fight like it's a wrestling match which took us all the way back to king kong versus godzilla i love that moment but then that dark sense of humor what happens they get destroyed right which is what happens time and time again in this movie um it really does dark pieces like that yeah i mean there's some like genuinely funny moments in this film but oftentimes they're really they're followed by really horrific moments and while there are some like funny moments that are a little too tongue in cheek, I think they actually work pretty well. Because again, it's that subverting of expectations in a fun mm-hmm. way, and yeah. in a way that feels like almost like not quite because it, it's taken to a darker spot. But it just it feels almost playful, like a Showa mm-hmm. era film, but doing things that a Showa era film would never have done. Never. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, and. I like the idea just overall for this film's tone. And while it plays with several different tones, it, it's pretty solid. I like the idea that Japan's forgotten its history and that the pain and anguish that they caused from their actions during World War II is now coming back to haunt them. Now, I do wish there's one thing that's really missing is I do wish that we had more of a feeling that, you know, we brought this on ourselves. Kind of like the original Gojira had, like this was a monster of our own making. I think that that could have actually been relatively easy to add in. And I feel like I might be nitpicking, but that problem really does kind of like resonate with me. Like I'm like, what are they really mm. doing so bad that has caused a <laughs> a supernatural Godzilla to rear its head, you it know? Co- mm. Yeah. I think it comes back to some of those opening scenes where the Guardian monsters awake because people have just disrespected the land and disrespected the history. Yeah. Um, Which you see when they destroy those shrines, because each one seems mm-hmm. to be awoken by the shrines being destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I think there's something there, but yeah, I'll, I'll add in a few gripes before I close this part of our discussion about some of the themes. So a few gripes at the end of the film, the stone falling into mm. the water to save Yuri and Turiaki and the whole like grab hold of my hand before yeah. you fall down. Like, that was just a little overdone. I agree. Um, it felt a little cheesy, and it didn't s- serve the plot in a way that added meaning to the film. Yeah. Also, most of my issues are plot issues. The love triangle wasn't necessary. Which I didn't even know there was anything. one, Eric. That's, how, there that's was. how unnecessary it was. I didn't even know there it was, was a love triangle. It was just unnecessary. It, it maybe it wasn't quite a love triangle. But See, I thought they like, were all friends. Are you talking about her co-workers? yeah. But there is that love triangle. They both remember. They both kind of ask, "Who's this?" You know, implying that they're both kind of jealous of each uh, other. But yeah. then the love triangle goes nowhere. Um, the scene where the military adds names to the monsters was completely unnecessary. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad, <laughs> like, especially since we why? know that people already <laughs> knew their names earlier. Yeah. It's they so knew dumb. the names from the sacred books. This is it's dumb, right? <laughs> yeah. We need to add code names for these people. <laughs> like, like, it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, and then 
the twist at the end about the the cool mystical guy who I liked. I liked him, right? <laughs> but we didn't need that whole plot twist about he never really was there. Right. Yeah. It was just like I don't know. It was just over the top. Yeah, it was bit. over the top, but it really plays into those B movie themes that we were kind of it, talking about. That type of thing does. is like it's a hundred percent B movie right there. <laughs> it does. Um, but here's a question for you. Because here's something I was on the fence about. I've come around to it. But did you like the way that Godzilla was defeated? I think I like it now because it serves the film's message. But what about you? Were you on board? Well, you said you like it now. So were you torn? Yeah. Originally? I was because I'm like, eh, humans can't really play this big a role in defeating Godzilla. Uh, okay. Because they play a big role. They do play a right? big role. And I'm like, eh, they <laughs> really play that big of a role, right? But yeah. I'll tell you why I disagree with myself in a second. But what did you think? <laughs> yeah. So I was I was actually like 100% on board, especially when you see how Godzilla builds his energy before firing it. It's like he gathers just the energy from the air in like this big inhale and then it erupts from him. And I really like that idea. And it actually makes mm-hmm. even more sense when we compare it to something based in the real world, like a nuclear reactor. Even the smallest compromise in its structure can lead to devastating effects, and Godzilla is clearly no different. I like mm-hmm. that the smallest crack in his system kills him. I think that that's like yeah. a pretty cool analogy for just a nuclear reactor. Yeah, no, I actually I love that part. Now that wasn't the pro- problem I had with it. I was just it was the fact that you know um, the admiral was the one that created that hole, <laughs> which created that crack in the system. Right. Which he he created that. Well, he didn't actually create that hole, but he took advantage of that hole, I think. Right. Or it might have been. Yeah. He, t- he took advantage of the hole because uh, Ghidorah mm. created Ghidorah that Ghidorah had deflected wound. the atomic breath. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Oh, the Ghidorah had, had created that wound when it right. was revived by Mothra the first time and had right. like that big, right. that big, awesome, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was, spirit bomb <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, as I said, humanity defeating Godzilla with the Guardian's help, it was surprising at first, but ultimately not unwelcome here. Because again, I think it goes with this message that Kaneko's trying to communicate. Here in this film, Godzilla, he takes on new life as a symbol of remembrance. Or maybe it's actually forgetfulness of the mm-hmm. loss of the lives in the Pacific. And no, it's all lives lost. Right. You know, there's no message of nationalism here. But because of the forgetfulness of Japan, the forgetfulness of all humanity, actually, this collective loss of memory, it especially, by the way, infects younger generations, which Mm -hmm. we see at the beginning of the film. Yes. Godzilla strikes back with a vengeance. When history is lost, we're doomed to repeat these same mistakes. What's great about Admiral Taizo, though, uh, and the fact that he's the human that kind of breaks through, is that he doesn't forget history. He's not afraid to communicate his fears. Right. He remembers and he takes a better approach to conflict. And it's through his active courage that Godzilla is ultimately defeated, which hmm. goes to the film's message, you know, where he's the one remembering, right? Right. And the remembering of these lives that have been lost, including his own family's lives that have been lost, right. is ultimately what allows him, in my opinion, to help defeat Godzilla. 
Yeah, uh, that's a really good point. You know, that <laughs> I didn't even think about him being like the only one who really thinks on the past and therefore is the only one who's... He's the only one that acknowledges who, He's it. the only one yeah. that saves the future. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one that acknowledges it. A few more quick hitters, though, uh, at, as we end this discussion, all right? Um, Godzilla's design. We haven't touched on it, but it fits his nature completely. Not only do those white eyes, do they convey this possessed spirit of the, of the fallen, um, people that have been lost, Yeah, but they also give me this feeling of blindness, which again, I think it plays into that idea Koneko is communicating about this loss of remembrance. Yeah. I can't Um, believe we've gotten this long without talking about Godzilla's design, but man, does that thing look like like a zombie alligator almost? (laughs) I love, I love so cool. You know, my favorite, my favorite aspect is like the hunched over. Yeah. Like the little dip right at the base of his neck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that just gives him that feeling of, uh, is menace, right? Yeah. Um, also, Speaking of monsters, this may be the first time the the Mother larvae is intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, those teenage dog killers—they deserved it. Yeah. I, well, they didn't kill the dog, but they just tried to. Right? They didn't. But they tried. They, they tried. tried. Uh, and <laughs> also, shout out to the Mother twin cameo. That yeah, was pretty cool. That was that was a fun little nod. You know, it, it didn't it didn't stick nod. around too now, long. I'm glad it didn't stick around. Whenever I was watching it the first time, I'm like, I hope that's the only time we see them. And it was. So yes. I like the little nod. Um, it's just like little f- a fan service part, right? Like, exactly. I, I kind of liked it. Um, the dub, by the way, I watched it in English the first time. The dub isn't bad when oh, you good. take into account what this film does with B-movies, right? Oh, <laughs> it subverts yeah. the B-movie expectation. Now, I prefer the Japanese. The sincere moments in the Japanese version are much better. But the cheesy moments, the cheesy moments in the English dub are actually funnier. So go if you want an entertaining dub, check out the English version. Maybe I'll then, do that for our uh, our recap at the end. Oh yeah, for sure. Then I didn't like the end at first. You know when Yuri is running towards her father. Oh she's yeah, so over the top and overblown. But the second time I watched it. It gave me chills, Alex. <laughs> not not necessarily her running, but just the whole sequence of events. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's the time that we're living in, but it it literally gave me some chills whenever they like they salute the guardian monsters. I'm yeah. like, this is so cheesy, but I love it. And you're like sitting there like, crying under couch. Like, I'm like, oh. I am here for this right now. Oh my gosh! Well, it's maybe like you uh, said because the Japanese version. Really sold the emotion for you better than the it other. Did. One. The Japanese. That's what I'm saying. The Japanese version actually added some sincerity there. I love the fact that that the admiral's like, I can't hug you right now. I haven't tested my radiation levels. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that's <laughs> so actually good. a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good. Oh point. yeah, no, he but, is predicting, you know, social uh, isolation. <laughs> yeah, so I want to know. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's pretty good there. Um, I want to know what you think, though, of the beating heart at the end. I need a GMK sequel. That's what I need. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, I really just like that idea that that he's never truly dead. Right. And then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, we don't get the Ifakube score until that moment. Um, it also plays into this, this uh, idea from Godzilla 2000, you know, in the uh, regeneration cells. 
like eventually this thing is going to regenerate into a full-blown Godzilla again, which yeah. I love. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And it's possible what happened to the first one. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know what time it is, though, Alex? Uh, time for the the theometer. Welcome back to the Fumander this week. Welcome back. Who do we got with us? Theo. Theo and... Eric. Eric, yeah. All right, we are watching GMK. You actually watched a lot of this movie with me this past week, didn't you? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. But now we're going back to do the theometer for this scene. We actually have a new monster we haven't talked about yet, Theo, in this scene. Can you say Baragon? Baragon. Baragon, nice. So let's take a look and see what happens here, and we'll see if our listeners can see what scene we're watching. All right, so you describe what's happening uh, as uh, we see Baragon here. All right, you ready? Right. Here we go. What's happening on, on the screen? He was about to hit, hit Godzilla in the face, but he put his spikes up and then boom him, and, and then he just fire all over the place. That was a quick way to describe it, yeah. He used his tail to knock him into that helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. Those poor guys. Um, but I didn't even barely get hit but I got like five scratches from that. What about Baragon in particular? Is Baragon a scary monster or is Baragon a cute monster? Cute. Cute monster, you think? It is. He is pretty cute. What do you think is going to happen with Baragon here? I'll remember, but I'm not going to tell. You remember what's going to happen here? Uh-huh. He's got to do song breath. Atomic breath? Uh-huh. Oh, you're right. Ooh. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh. Poor Baragon. I know. I'd be on for that part. Oh, poor Baragon. Do you feel bad for Baragon? Yeah. Yeah? That's not too cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, Theo, for joining us. It's been another... Be water of the sweet. Peace out. Welcome back. Now it's time for our awards. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. Coolest character award. Who you got? Yeah, I have to say that mine's going to be uh, Taizo Tachibana. He's definitely my favorite character. And he's he's the one we've been talking about, the military leader, that I, li- I like him because he acknowledges that he's never been to battle. But yet he charges headfirst into it. And against a creature that, well... We, I guess we could debate whether it's the same creature or not, but the creature that killed us parents, but not yeah. out of like some misplaced revenge that we've seen before, but rather it's just a sense of duty and honor that he has. Plus he lands the final blow on Godzilla. One of the few mm. characters that they can say that they actually killed Godzilla, not just stopped him, killed him period. No, he's, he's definitely awesome. But for me, my coolest character, I have to go with his daughter, Yuri. Yeah. Um, not only does Jiharu Niyama play her brilliantly, but as a character, she's just fearless. Um, much more so than I would be in that same situation. <laughs> I love the scene. I love the scene at the end when she's recording. Um, and she says, all I can do with my camera is record the struggle to protect our freedom regardless of danger. Yeah. Um, she's a twist on the reporter storyteller type that we've seen plenty before in these films. But she's a rock star, right? Um, yeah, I will say one thing about her, though. Yeah. They're after uh, when 
Ghidorah is fighting Godzilla, she uh-huh. has her camera pointed at the ground. She doesn't even film that part. Like, like, like right, right before he Ghidorah or Mothra gets killed, and yeah. she's just standing there with a camera pointing it at the ground. Like, what kind of reporter is that? And then she has that she awesome speech you're talking about, and then proceeds to yeah. not record any of what happens next. Yeah, because she, she falls. Well, that's because she was hanging. <laughs> yeah, she was hanging on for a dear life, Alex. <laughs> well, a real reporter would have been held, would have held there with one hand and filmed what they could. <laughs> All right, I love the music in that scene. By the way, like oh, yeah. that's my favorite theme of the of the movie. I don't know what it's called, but I call it like the humanity resistance theme. It's really cool. Yeah, it um, is really cool. But also, do you like how I kind of pretty much had a acting character? And memorable line award, all in one award, Alex. <laughs> you know, you've been known to abuse these anyway, so I, it just I kind of the rules of our awards. This is true. <laughs> I'm about to abuse the awards again. But oh, Alex, geez. what was what was your most memorable line right. award? My most memorable line award is right uh, when Godzilla and Baragon are fighting. There's this moment where this couple is like at the day spa little area, and they're they're walking out, and then <laughs> this couple goes. Quick, take a photo, and then we'll run. <laughs> Which is just like it's it's one hundred percent what would happen oh, if one of these scenarios gosh. happened. Like I would, it's, I could see everyone doing that, and then they proceed to get it's murdered by Godzilla. It's humanity in a nutshell. It's humanity in a nutshell, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, there's so many lines <laughs> like that, though. There's so many one-liners. Uh, I, I had to list some of these out because there's so many I could give the awards to that just had me cracking up. So take a look of, of these. Uh, take a look at some of these, Alex, right? Godzilla would be great as a pet. That lizard <laughs> picked on the wrong guy here. I want it straight from the lizard's mouth. The bargain basement of the airwaves. It's like a monster convention. I love that one. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Good luck, everyone. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and man that's one hell of a bug <laughs> yeah there's some love really good ones in this one for sure I, I really do but those are all my runner-ups alex my, my my favorite is actually a more serious line and we're going back to the admiral your coolest character and you know yeah. it's after he's just admitted that you know He's actually kind of afraid for this conflict that he's about to, to be a part of. He's not looking forward to it. Yes. He says, quote, we can go into battle without relishing conflict. It's it's that character in a nutshell. And it's just a great approach, a necessary approach to undesirable conflict in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that line, too. And, you know, it just proves that he's the coolest character, too. <laughs> he's super cool. <laughs> can't believe that character. Can't believe that acting award, Alex. Uh, mine has to be the old man who was the ghost. Uh, I don't even remember his name, but he was suitably weird for a ghost man. And Cece uh, had this really thoughtful analysis that she laid out for me while I was watching because she just kind of caught this part both times I was watching it. This is the part she caught. And, it, you know, you see this guy. He looks like this guy that you would see acro- across, like, in the woods. And he's the type of guy that you'd be staring at making eye contact and he would drop his pants while looking at you. And so I thought this was a really great analysis by CC because that's exactly the vibes he was giving me. He doesn't feel like he doesn't look like this wise shaman character. No, he looks like a pervert. 
Yeah, he looks like an alcoholic pervert. <laughs> but maybe there's something to that, right? Like, <laughs> maybe he is the coolest character. Once again, it's subverting our expectations. Um, but this is probably this. I can't believe the acting award. This is probably my favorite award of the week. Um, I'm going to go with Shiro Sano as Haruki Katakura. He's the BS Digital Q manager. Now you rem- may yeah, remember. He's the one that looks like you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, still like <laughs> you may remember him like as the scientist friend in Godzilla 2000. Did you recognize him? Right. He he had short hair there. No, I did not but, recognize him. But yeah, now, now that you said was, it, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He's the scientist friend. I don't. I can't remember his name. But here he is probably remembered as the guy with really long hair. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. love. He's I so love funny. his cheesy. He's so funny. I love his cheesy, over the top reactions to everything. He he totally gives me. A Mr. Taco vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he does. He really does. That's a good point. I, I love about that. One of my favorite moments of his is when he's watching Yuri's speech there at the end of the film. And, you know, we get a cut to the studio and him. And he's just there in the middle watching all this action while sipping on his drink with a straw in his mouth, just completely frozen. He yes. just looks completely ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was pretty good. I mean, I mostly just liked him because he reminded me of you in college. But uh, okay. what about your standout effect, Eric? So my standout effect award this week, I wouldn't call it the best effect in the movie. But as the award calls itself, it stood out to me. Um, and it's really because I couldn't believe it when we saw it. And it's at towards the beginning of the film when we see the guy, he's coming to pee during the storm. <laughs> <laughs> and he opens the window. We get his reaction, the camera zooms out, and then we get the Godzilla foot smashing the entire house. So we just see the foot. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't seen that level of brutality in any Godzilla film yet. Nothing like that. Right. I just was like, whoa, did that just happen? I know, right? <laughs> and, and that's our first uh, so taste in this movie out. of a, a little bit of comedy right before something pretty dark. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What about you? Mine's a, like, while the monsters mostly look great, I have to give a big shout out to, unsurprisingly, the miniatures. But You love your miniatures. I do, I do. And these are really impressive again this time, especially during that fight between Baragon and Godzilla where they're fighting beside that, I want to call it a ski lift, but it's not. I guess it's just a lift. And they're fighting about the building that houses those. And when Godzilla destroys the mountainside while he's killing Baragon, that building crumbles. But it, it crumbles in these interesting sections as it slides down the mountain. And it's just, they, they've really upped the game again, like, in terms of how good these effects are. Like, it looks legit, like, better than probably even a lot of effects today sometimes. Mm. But I did want to kind of give you my real favorite effect. I'm breaking the rules yeah. like you, Eric. My real favorite effect is when my boy Taizo fires the rocket which we don't see him actually fire it but we see the rocket come from the inside out of godzilla and it pierces his wound mm-hmm. and it's accompanied yeah. by like this really wet sound and pieces <laughs> of godzilla's skin just like blast off of, of the wound and it's just it's really gross but awesome <laughs> no it is yeah it really is i thought that was a really cool moment what about your uh Oh, that's a good shot award. Yeah, this is actually my favorite moment of the film, actually. And it's uh, it's the atomic bomb moment. So when Godzilla 
is like just kind of walking around uh, Japan a little bit, destroying some things. And we see him charge up his atomic breath for the first time. But then the camera cuts, it Mm. cuts away. And instead we're focusing on this school of kids and the room shakes and they look outside and you just see the big mushroom cloud during the daytime. And it's in the, it's during the daytime, which makes it look even more ominous somehow. Mm-hmm. But you just see this giant mushroom cloud, and she makes a comment similar to like an atomic bomb or something like that. And I'm, it's like it really sets the stage for how ruthless this Godzilla is. It does, yeah. And the fact that you are in a classroom full of young kids, yeah, I think it adds to that feeling, right? Um, but my oh, that's a good shot award is similar to my standout effect award in that I wouldn't consider it the most artistic shot. But again, it goes to that horror element that we've been talking about. Um, I love the shot from within the hospital room. Oh, yeah. You know, the hospital room with the poor girl with the broken leg. Yes, this is perfect. <laughs> it's it's so terrifying. Like getting her point of view, knowing that she can't move and seeing Godzilla coming straight at her with nothing that you can do. Yes. Uh, that, one's, that one's pretty terrifying. And of course... Poor hospital girl. I know. It's a terrible, terrible end. Like, the hope that she had is just ripped away from her. Yeah. I mean, it oh, looks like, he is, like he's just passed. <laughs> like, she just, like, she just, oh, she just got, got away with one. And then that tail <laughs> just crushes oh, it and so leads to bad. another really great miniature scene. Yeah. No, it's, it, as soon as she had a sigh of relief, yeah, I was he, like, oh, gosh. Yes. She's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. All right. Well, I think it is time officially to move into our rating and ranking, Alex. I teased this before, um, but actually, let's let's start with you. Let's start with you uh, this week. What? What do you give this film? Yeah, let's Go start with put you. me on the spot. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you give this film? Yeah, so I, and I, why? I really enjoyed this one, and it constantly plays with your expectations. Like whether it's in the middle of battle or whether you think someone is going to. Uh, live and then they immediately die or every time there's a comedic beat it seems like it's followed by a tragic beat and i really just like the film as a whole except for really big g's theme i don't like it i think the i think the music for him Ghidorah's design yeah well. Ghidorah's design is not all that great but big g's theme really kind of every time it played i was like i don't like this i don't like this music just the, in that one instance but I also felt like it could have delivered a more powerful, like we to kind of deserve this message than it did. But other than that, I really do think the movie is pretty excellent. It's dark, funny, and the ending is pretty harrowing actually. And this is Godzilla firing on all cylinders. It's paced well. And like you said, it feels like a B movie riff, but maybe with an A movie quality. And I would have loved to see more of this G, but honestly, it probably stands better as a solo effort. And while we've been talking, I've been debating on what to give it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. <laughs> All right, Alex. <laughs> a four out of five. Yeah, I, I know. Think I agree. I think I think I agree with you, even though you you criticize my my ranking of four out of five. <laughs> 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 I did. But I did. You, you did. <laughs> I just Alex wanted to give you a hard my, time. Uh, saw my rating on Letterboxd. 
and is giving me a hard time for giving this film a four out of five. <laughs> and then he goes and gives it a four out of five. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. Yeah, no, I, no, your secret's not safe with me, Alex. Uh, but instead of a, instead of a literary quote, I chose a quote from the film this week that I thought was representative of my feelings, and it's quote: "If we're going to survive, we're going to have to change to focus on quality." End quote. No, oh, this quote from Yuri a good one. to her boss. Yeah, it, it was almost my most memorable line award, but I wanted to save it for this. But that quote, it was from Yuri to her boss, um, long haired me, <laughs> when she conveys her intent to, to create something fresh and meaningful instead of the typical middle of the road sci fi feature, which this film could have been. Um, I think this film, I think that quote, though, is actually a summary of Kaneko's intentions for this film though gmk it does indeed start to feel like a sci-fi original picture um, yeah. it evolves into something we've never seen before from the franchise yeah you mentioned how this film might have felt a little bit showa at parts and last week godzilla versus megaguirus i asked the question does this feel more showa or heisei era yeah. this week i didn't have a single question about that I didn't even think about does it feel show or Heisei, but that's because it felt so original to me. Um, hmm. It was like a mix of, if I had to, I would say it's like a mix of King Kong versus Godzilla, Destroy All Monsters, and the original Gojira. So Showa um, era. That's all three Showa movies. It is. It is. <laughs> but they're all, they're, all, they're all three elements that make it something yeah. completely unique. Um, you got that campiness aspect, the over-the-top aspect that is completely self-aware, that because it's so self-aware, becomes surprisingly sincere. Yeah. The characters, they may be caricatures, they're not super dynamic, but they are individuals. They're distinct from one another. And then also the, the new mystical, fantastical tone, I can embrace that. I can embrace that whenever we have that sincerity in these characters um, that are distinct. I don't have many complaints here. I understand how some could could be completely turned on or turned off by its riff on B-movie quality. I understand some of the film's messages. They're in our face. I understand that this film has more cheesy one-liners than we've ever seen before. <laughs> Which is only franchise. a good thing. Yeah. It is. I was only smiling the entire time, the entire movie. <laughs> it really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so this was a four- out of five stars for me. But in my overall rankings, it goes all the way up to mm. number two. No. All the way up to number two. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I really thought this was a great film. And I thought it was going to be overhyped for me because I've heard others complain about it. Right. Um, not, complain, not complain, but cheer. No. I've heard others, you know, build it up so much. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is going to be overhyped. It's going to be okay. I really, really liked it. So. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I was. Tell. I was genuinely concerned about it being overhyped for you because people go on and on about it. And it's like, guys, guys. <laughs> maybe that's what's holding you back a little bit, Alex, from giving it a higher rating. Oh, maybe, maybe it's the because people's fault. I'm not going to. Like, I, I'm, as I said, I was teetering. I'm still teetering. On whether this yeah. is a four out of five or a four point five. Yeah, I know I am you too. joked about me. 
I know you joked about it, like me giving it a four out of five instead of a four point five. Yeah, but I genuinely, I think it might, but it's a personal connection that would that would bring it up to a four point five. I just, as I said, I got chills the second time watching it, and I think it was just me in the moment, like being stressed this week about the world that we live in <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and just being overwhelmed and seeing like humanity persevere <laughs> it was like a, it was a nice moment of triumph that i was like yes we can do this oh my gosh <laughs> oh yeah i'm with you though maybe it gets there maybe it gets there for me but right now we'll keep it at a four out of five and i'll keep marinating on it this week <laughs> all right sounds good what are we watching next week alex so next week we're watching Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Not, not Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 3? No, this is Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which is just an odd title. It is. It is. And I do have a rhyme, Alex. Oh, let's hear it. Right. My rhyme is, can the next film carry momentum or does Godzilla against Mechagodzilla feel too Vanilla. You use my vanilla line. Hmm. Okay. I'll let, it, I'll let it slide. Uh, Wait, have gonna, you used that before? Yeah, because I said, I asked oh, during my crap. Godzilla rap uh, for Godzilla oh, 98, no. I asked if it was, is this Godzilla or a scoop of vanilla? Oh, you did, uh, didn't uh, you? It's okay. I, I'm, I'm excited for everyone to see that you just can't do anything but copy me now. <laughs> I can tell. You're tortured. Oh. Uh. I am tortured. I'm going to have to think of a new rhyme right now. You you go ahead, and I'll think of a new one. <laughs> you don't have anything, do you? No, I'm coming up with it right now. <laughs> uh, all right. So, let's see. <laughs> oh, I got, I got one. It's pretty inspired. In Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, is it a scoop of vanilla? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. I'm kidding, oh Eric. I'm kidding. Oh man, I almost stole one of yours from last from a couple weeks ago. Mm, almost used only kettle. so many things rhyme with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, here's here's mine. Here's mine. Mine is <laughs> when Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla go against. Does the series progress or does it feel fenced? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. Oh, man. All right. I got mine. Okay. Mecha Godzilla has more weapons than ever before. Will this movie shake you to your core? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We need to get off this podcast before <laughs> we lose listeners. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wait. All right, Alex. Hey, wait. Yeah. I got to ask you. You know, we started a new mm-hmm. segment last week where yeah. I recommended Fargo. Yes. I wanted to ask you about one of your recommendations. Yeah. So I do have a recommendation this week, and it's completely 100% different than GMK. And it's a small film. It's a small film, and it's called This is Martin Bonner. Oh, this is Martin God. Bonner. It is on uh, Prime Video, and it is an 80-minute long Super super short, eighty minute long slice of life film. Um, that w- once again, it's a four out of five stars for me. Uh, but I, I I absolutely love it. Right, I adore it. I think it's just a small 
really well-made film about the life of this guy, a slice of life of this one random individual named Martin Bonner. So this is Martin Bonner on Netflix, not on Netflix. I think it's on Amazon Prime, 80 minutes long. Won't take much of your time, but I think it's worth it. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Recommend it for you too, Alex. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'll be watching that one just along, just just like all of our listeners. Wink. Oh, wink. When you, do, when you do watch it and you're like, hey, that was actually a pretty good film, you can tell me that and we can prove Alex wrong. You can send me a message on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. You can also follow us on Letterboxd at Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. And you can email us, email us feedback about this episode. If you don't like GMK, let us know why, because I know there are those of you out there that don't like it, and I'd like to hear from you so we can read your feedback on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you do love This Is Martin Bonner, you can email that to me as well, um, <laughs> mvmpod at gmail.com. Until next week, though, Alex. Try, try to, to stay, stay. burped in the middle of that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Our professionalism just went out the window. <laughs> well, I might cut it out. Maybe. Peace out. See ya.